This is the Shift Podcast. Today on the Shift Daily Podcast, finishing a marathon is tough, but could you do it with no legs? Chris Cook is a Canadian farmer, public speaker, and athlete whose outlook on life and attitude has helped him complete marathons around the world, even though he was born with no arms or legs. He has a little leg on the right-hand side where he can push with on a longboard, and he's kind of skateboards his way through all of these marathons. Amazing guy, learns so much, conversation you have to hear, plus more the costume he wore to one of the marathons worth sticking around for. We hope you uh, stretched your brain and got ready to go because of the marathon conversation. It's a runner's edition of Game Showy Trivia, Canada's favorite radio game show. And then some Are You Okays here as well in the podcast. Are you okay with beach parties? In fact, are you okay with finding out what a beach party is? This is the Shift Podcast. Sometimes you get to meet people that uh, are inspiring and some people just make you think. And some people kind of do all of the above because they are just flat out impressive. Chris Cook joins us now. He's in Edson, Alberta. Uh, hey, Chris, uh, how's the smoke up in Edson right now? Are you guys all right? Uh, well, they they got some rain uh, Monday and Tuesday, uh, a couple inches. So that doused um, some of the fires. There's still one to the, I think, the southeast that's still burning. But, uh, yeah. yeah, definitely... They were they were quite happy. I was just here doing some presentations at a couple of schools, so oh, no but they've said they've seen the sun for the first time in about two or three weeks. So, yeah, it's been quite remarkable, Edson. If you don't know the the Google map, it is uh, right in the pocket of all things where those fires have been. Uh, that's for sure. Chris, uh, Chris uh, is 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 joining us here, and Chris has done some pretty amazing thing uh, things. Uh, you're from around Calgary, and. I, I got lots of questions. I got lots and lots of questions here, Chris. The first thing I'm going to say, though, is um, I I don't have anyone in my life that that is an amputee that lives without, uh, you know, full arms. And I don't want to say no arms because you have arms. Um, and and so if I get my language wrong or if I sort of misspeak in any way, can you do me a favor and correct me so I can learn that? Will you do that? <laughs> yeah. To be perfectly honest with you, I'm I'm not, you know up to speed on the proper rhetoric either so we're well you're good as far as i'm concerned (laughs) thanks brother i uh but here's the reason why and if i can be fully uh open and honest with you is we were talking about running and we kept saying you know chris ran the marathon and i was like well no didn't run it but he still completed it right like so i mean it is appropriate for us to sort of clean that stuff up i think and i'm just going to do my best here to try to get it done so chris we found your story we've heard of you before we've seen you before um because of belfast and I need to acknowledge, so my friend Julie, who lives in Belfast, uh, who I've done a ton of study with, sends me this link. There's this Canadian cat who, you know, rolled his way through the Belfast Marathon, and uh, look at this. And that's where you were reintroduced to us again, so I acknowledge Julie for that. And that's the kind of impression you're making on people, is that it took a an, an Irish woman from Belfast, Northern Ireland, to send me a message and say, hey, by the way, you got to check this out. So you've been seeing the world, my friend. Yeah, I've uh I've been been lucky enough to to see see quite a bit of the world. Um not bad for for a guy from small town Natten Natten Alberta. We were just talking about Natten the other day about because the the bomber museum and the candy stores. Um so yeah, I mean so you ha- are you actually a farmer? Like do you work as as a farmer? There's lots of tractor pictures. Yeah, I uh I grew up farming uh with my grandpa down in uh Clarsholm. 
mm-hmm. and uh, farmed with some close family friends. They had some land out in southeast Saskatchewan as well as in and around Nan. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I, uh, some, some friends of mine out in Manitoba, his dad uh, was in poor health throughout the winter, so I had offered to go out and help them plant crops this spring. So I actually just got out here to Edson to speak at a couple schools today. Um, but before that, it was the previous two weeks or so in uh, just outside of Winnipeg. Oh, cool. So let's describe and paint the picture for everyone who can't join us. And I'm going to put your, if I can, website link up um, at shiftheads.ca, which is where our community Facebook page is, so people can introduce themselves to you. Um, you are, you have kind of, uh, you're a smaller person. You have, your arms are kind of just to your elbows. Uh, you have one leg that's a little bit longer than the other. And as you wheel around, you seem to have a shoe kind of on backwards on that leg. Uh, in most of your photos using a skateboard and then the other leg is not there. Is that a, a safe, fair description of what your physical state is at the moment? Yeah. Yeah. So that partial right leg that I have, um, it does have a partially developed foot and the, actually the foot is, is backwards. So the shoes point in the right direction. It's the foot that's on oh. backwards. <laughs> yeah. Oh goodness. Um, and so now has this been your whole life like this or was this physical trauma in life or what happened? Yeah, I was I was born like this. Uh, no real known reason as to why. You know, it wasn't thalidomide. Mom never took anything or did anything during the pregnancy that she wasn't supposed to. It was just kind of a a one off. And and even though I was born missing arms and legs, my life has been, you know, I mean, it's been fantastic. I was going to say normal, but uh, I mean, it, it, what's normal, anyways? But yeah. uh, no, it's been it's been a lot of fun and uh, a lot of laughs. And you know, my stories far from triumph over tragedy um so i always people find that surprising like how, yeah. how could how, how could you be so upbeat when you're born without arms and legs well it's it has to do with that six inches of space between the ears and i mean great family amazing community um all those things too so what is it then i mean you do a lot of speaking you share your story you share sort of if i can and and that notion of all of the story and and you go around share it all over the place but not only that you also lead by example by taking part in these events i mean a marathon is is a long way i i can't do a marathon i'm not even sure i could walk it and um and you're out doing it so what is the the message that if if i had hired you i'm not asking you to give me a freebie but um if i had hired you here on the shift to come motivate us and i mean i'm i'm leaning more towards resilience and stick to itness than 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 anything else the triumph over tragedy what is it no, for sure. Um, you you summed it up, you know, perfectly. Uh, so if I can, it's, it's all about mindset. You know, the guy with the arms and legs can do marathons, work on the farm, travel the world, or even just live a happy, independent life. Uh, if I can do those things, anybody is capable of some pretty awesome and amazing things. Can I do everything? No. Can you do everything? No. But I think we set uh, we set our ceiling a lot lower than we should. I think we need to be constantly bumping that ceiling up a little bit higher. Uh, as often as we possibly can, daily, if, if possible. Are we too complacent as people, Chris? Absolutely. Um, I, I guess that's one of the things I love about doing those marathons. Is it's a it's an extreme challenge. It's a great excuse to you know try and keep myself in shape. It's a great excuse to travel. Um, but also, I you know I think when you voluntarily uh, push yourself out of your comfort zone. Um, you're getting used to, you know, you're living in that area of discomfort. Uh, you're developing your resilience, your perseverance. 
So when life forces you out of your comfort zone, it's not as much of a you know instance where you're floundering trying to keep your head above water. You've you've been testing yourself for your mo- for that moment. And I guess if you think of your your brain or your mind as a as a muscle, uh, just like an athlete trains day in and day out on the ice, on the baseball diamond, on the football field, whatever. Um, you're you're training that muscle, that that brain, that mind. Was it always like that for you? That ability to sort of catch on to, you know, bad moments, turn them into moments that work for you. Uh, has it always been like that? I mean, as a teenager, as a young man, I'm not implying you're old because you're not old, but you know, you're you're forty <laughs> yeah. something now, right? Um, that the um, but you know, I know that in my life, I always sort of say men don't have a brain in their heads until they turn fifty, and um, you know, so we as as men, when we grow up, we're kind of dumb until we get to about thirty five, forty, and then and then we start to start to get it. Um, so, what was that like for you? Because you know, I imagine there were certain scenarios that were difficult. Um, you know, going through the, the just the physical state of life and learning to do things differently. No template, right? Yeah, I mean, so to answer your question, was it always like that? Yes, yes, and no. Uh, I've generally been a fairly uh, I guess inherently positive person. Um, you know, when I was, you know, was raised, I wasn't raised as, you know, that poor kid who's missing arms and legs or that poor disabled child. I was, I was just Chris. And, you know, so I never, you know, it never really, although it, it is a huge part of, of who I am, you know, not having arms and legs, it, it didn't define me. And, um, I mean, as a teenager and, and all those, you have those growing pains and, and all those emotions and whatnot that everybody goes through. You doubt yourself. You don't know who you are. You, you know, those things. But um, as I got older and, and more comfortable in my skin, not that I was ever that uncomfortable in my skin, I just kind of developed greater confidence and and greater desire to want to get out there and, and do more. And I also think too, when you're when when you're a teenager and you're you're in your twenties, you know you have your your whole life ahead of you, and then you know you hit, you hit thirty and you hit forty, and you're like, okay, well, no, I don't have my whole life ahead of me, so it's it's time to start taking things off the bucket list. And I guess the the big thing I used to wear artificial legs um, up until say fifteen ish years ago, and then I I bought a longboard just for fun. I was down in Florida, and uh, I I just thought it'd be kind of cool to cruise up and down the boardwalk along the beach. And literally that day is when things started to really change for me. Um, I was able to get farther, faster, more efficiently on the board than ever could on the prosthetics. And it was both literally and figuratively, you know, how far can I actually go? And uh, that really kind of blew the doors open on, on all of this. That's fascinating. And I mean, it must have felt so fast because I mean, I would guess that you really independently hadn't moved that quickly your whole life. So it must have felt like just freedom. Oh, that's cool. No, absolutely. It was, it was a 100% game changer. Like, uh, to, to do, you know, what I did in, in 20 minutes, that first stint on the, on the board, that probably would have taken me two hours plus to, to cover that distance. So. Yeah, it was uh, you know, it's kind of a it was a, it was definitely a happy accident for sure. 
Yeah, that's awesome. Um, okay, so tell me about the marathon. So you use the longboard. Um, you 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 know you do walk. Uh, you know, like you described, you do get around without it. But um, you use the longboard. You roll your way uh, from places. And I wanted to sort of paint a picture, Chris, and, and sort of imagine. I mean, you are a small person because you you don't have legs, right? So when you show up at an uh, in an airport. I'm sure there's lots of people who look. I mean, they probably maybe have never seen this this person before. So that's a surprise to them. I mean, it's innocent. You hope they're not jerks about it, but they probably look. And you, I'm assuming you would notice that maybe you moved on from that. Maybe that's my vanity speaking. But when you're rolling through a, a Belfast and people might not know that you're coming, um, and then all of a sudden here comes Chris, you know, push, push, push on a skateboard, uh, with his one longer leg and just giving her in a marathon. There's gotta be some cheers and moments where you, it just hits you and you're like, yeah, man, this is awesome. No, you're, you're very right in, in all of that. Uh, and, and I guess that's another thing that kind of ends up happening in, in those marathons that I've done is, you know, there is a, a larger, level of cheering um and a lot of support from other runners too and and it's pretty amazing and uh you know the running community and the the people who are out there cheering out the other runners on are you know absolutely amazing there are some people who are you know you're um (laughs) i can't think of the word but you you run a marathon Mm -hmm. but uh you know 99.9 percent of the people have been absolutely incredible and and yeah, there is a there is a louder level of of cheering, and I guess I I do the marathons for my own personal challenge and my own personal satisfaction and and you know accomplishment, but you know kind of a side uh, bar of uh, of doing these marathons is is kind of motivating and inspiring other people to maybe consider do it them doing it themselves, and I I firmly believe. Pretty much anybody can do a marathon. Are you going to do a marathon in you know, you know, sub you know, say two and a half hours, two hours, fifteen minutes, or you know, be breaking world records? Maybe not, but you know, you can you can bang out a marathon in four hours or five hours or six hours. Mm-hmm. And you know, I've met a lot of different types of runners at all these marathons that I've done, and I've seen some that you know there's one lady who was speaking at an expo that I spoke at or about a marathon that I did in uh, Washington DC and she was you know by her own these are her words grossly overweight and she was tired of being and again her words fat and out of shape and she told one of her girlfriends she goes I think I want to do a marathon and her girlfriend said you don't even like walking to the fridge and now you're going to do a marathon and she said, we're the girls in the very back that are, you know, dressed in goofy outfits. And, you know, they're literally picking up the barriers of the of the marathon course right behind us. And we go and we're doing it in, you know, six and a half hours. But she said, I've lost over 100 pounds doing it. And oh. I mean, she's done a bunch of them. But yeah, I, like like I said, literally, basically anybody can do a marathon. That's fascinating. I love it. Um, so much to go. This. Now, this is not the first time you did the Belfast Marathon. Is that correct? Uh, first time doing the Belfast Marathon, I did uh, Dublin back uh, uh, literally the day before Halloween. Um, but Belfast was my 14th uh, full marathon, and wow. um, yeah, and, and counting. Did you do that Bel- or that Dublin Marathon in a costume? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I uh, I gotta decide because <laughs> I don't want I don't want to say it, and I want you to say it because <laughs> I feel like someone's gonna hear it wrong if I say it. So I need you to say it, Chris. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, part of my uh, 
you know, presentations, a large part of my presentations uh, is humor. Um, you know, I'm a firm believer if you can't laugh at life, what can you laugh at? And uh, I, you know, I'd done a bunch of marathons and I figured, you know, what the heck, I'm going to uh, put a leprechaun outfit on for, uh, for Dublin. It was, so uh, you know, obviously Ireland and it was the day before Halloween and uh, it actually it went over, uh, went over quite well. But that, yeah. that costume was, I was sweating like a madman. That was a hot, hot, hot hat to be wearing for you know, 42.2 kilometers. But no, it was fun. Some of those cheers must have been unreal because Dublin gets loose on the best of days. Yeah, actually, Dublin is one of the better supported marathons that I've that I've done as far as really? you know, people on this on the street cheering cheering people on. It was uh, it was a lot of fun. I absolutely love this. Chris Cook is our guest right here on the shift. Um, now, Chris, I. I don't want to create any comparison when I ask this question, but we are all getting older. Uh, you have a gift of learning how to adapt in life, maybe more so that us, uh, you know, able-bodied folks that have arms and legs, maybe it's new to us. I am learning myself that um, that limitations start to come as we get older because our bodies don't work the same way that they used to. I have recently gone through my own emotional journey regarding a previous shoulder surgery that I wasn't mad about the shoulder. I was mad about the inconvenience of it. And so that's just something I just recently discovered years later as I worked through all of that. For some of us, we are just learning that our bodies are starting to break down and we're just learning how to adapt. You've been living a life of adaptation. So what kind of advice do you say to people or what do you see in some of the crowds of what people are observing that, that they really can take away from the life that you've lived and learned? Uh, well, the first, the first one that comes to mind is, you know, the obstacles and barriers in life. Uh, a lot of them are ones that we've set in our mind or uh, we've made larger uh, or seemingly insurmountable in our mind. Um, you know, you, you hear athletes talk about, you know, it's, it's 90% mental, 10% physical. And it's in a lot of respects, it's true. And yeah, I've been, I've been having to adapt and, and overcome my whole life. And uh, it's really nothing that's, you know, new to me, but also to, like you said, uh, I'm, I'm 44 now. I'm not getting any younger. And you know, another thing for these marathons is, you know, I'm a I'm a firm firm believer if uh, if you don't use it, you lose it. And so I want to try and keep myself in as best shape as I possibly can because as I get older, without arms and legs, uh, it's going to be harder for me to to get around. And I, you know, for me, if I gain five pounds, I'd be like you gaining fifteen or twenty pounds. So I, I need to really keep an eye on that. And I, you know, the very first marathon I did was the Calgary Marathon in 2016. And I was so stiff and sore for probably a week, week and a half at least. And, you know, the last marathon I did in Belfast, whatever, three weeks ago or however long ago it was, um, I was stiff and sore afterwards. But honestly, about two days later, I was touring around Dublin with my with my mom and uh, and her partner, and uh, you know, I was you know, the the aches and pains were pretty minimal after about the second day, and uh, so it's I, I basically reiterated my belief of the whole if you if you don't use it you lose it. 
Uh, that's absolutely fascinating. And um, I do find that, like, you, you, even just by saying that, we make it larger than it is in our head. And, and as I work through, you know, the things in my life that we all are working through, I just share openly to others to say that, you know, I think that even you just saying that acknowledges it being okay for me to say, oh, yeah, I'm probably making that bigger than I um, than I need to. So um, there you go. You just did it for me, too. Way to go. Send me the bill. <laughs> Perfect. Who do I make it out to? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Absolutely. Make it out to someone else, though. Make it out to Ryan O'Donnell, actually. We'll, do we'll, me that favor. We'll build, we'll build chorus. There you go. I love that. Uh, Chris Cook joining us here on The Shift. All of the links for the If I Can website and everything to do with Chris. I'll even put your uh, your Instagram up there, too, so people can introduce themselves uh, to share with the Shift Head community. Uh, Chris, come back, please. Let us know what you're up to. I'd love to have you on and, and keep the conversation going. Uh, this is really great. No, anytime. I appreciate you having me on. This is the Shift Podcast. We had something planned here. That's right. It's time for game showing. It's a game show on the radio. We battle it out for pride and so much more. Kelsey Campbell and Shane Hewitt are racing to the finish line on this edition of Game Showing. Here's your host with the most and the very floral shirt that we love, Ryan O'Donnell. Thank you, Bob. I love your shirt, too. Yes, my friends, get your anti-chafing cream your Nikes on. It's time for a running slash marathon edition of Game Show Trivia, inspired by our new buddy uh, Chris Cook there, who, uh, you know, inspiring story of completing marathons despite the fact that he has no limbs. It's an amazing story that you can hear on the podcast if you missed it. Mm-hmm. So here's how this game works. If you're new or you need a little refresher, it's a trivia showdown between Shane Hewitt and Kelsey Campbell. Our two contestants are going to pick a question and difficulty of said question. Now, today we are playing for foot rubs because nice. every runner needs a good foot rub before or after. Just, just, there's no bad time for a foot rub. Now, one foot rub would be an easy question. Three would be a hard one. So if you get the question right, a hard you will foot hear rub? This. Like a gentle foot rub or a hard foot rub? Like. Uh, I, I, no, I'm not going to say more therapeutic. I prefer a more firm foot rub. Yeah. Okay. That's the word I'm going to use. Just want to clarify. Anyway, sorry, as you were, you were talking about the thing. The, the thing. Yes. Uh, anyway. Yes. So if you get the question right, it sounds like this. Run. Very good. (laughs) Run. Nice and easy. Okay. If you get it wrong, you're going to hear this. Don't let him catch you. Don't let him catch you. Just keep running, Forrest. We have three categories of questions to choose from this fine evening. Marathons, runners, and running. Okay? Nice and simple. We also have a very special question, which is called the text line special. It is a question for the listeners and the listeners alone. Okay? So even if you guys know the the answer... Shane and Kelsey, you can't tell it to me. It's up to the shift heads. Mm-hmm. Now, when we find it, you'll hear this. Gotta go fast. Gotta go fast. Gotta go fast. 
That's a Sonic X theme song for all my millennial friends listening. I know they just lost their minds at that. Okay. Eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight. Sonic the Hedgehog. You know, okay. I grew up with that show, and like all the kids yeah. would just say, "Gotta go I fast." I grew up and with the game run. when it was a yeah. video game before it was a show, <laughs> a TV show. Yeah. Eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight. If you know it, text it in. Here's your question: Terry Fox is Canada's most famous runner, and probably like our most famous Canadian. Now he ran a distance of more than five thousand kilometers in just one hundred and forty three days. However, he was forced to end his marathon across Canada early. But where did he start the marathon? Vancouver, Thunder Bay. St. John's or Toronto. Again, where did Terry Fox start the Marathon of Hope? Vancouver, Thunder Bay, St. John's or Tirana? 877-399-9898. Text it in. I'm picturing like what the map would look like if he started in any of the other locations that he didn't actually start in. Like, I'm just going to backtrack over here and then I'm going to zip up here and then I got to go back down here. We're going to go to Vancouver and then up to Edmonton. Yeah. Very good. Um, okay, it's time for us to do the thing. Uh, so, yeah, text it in, 877-399-9898. If you know the answer to that question, uh, for the sake of just making sure we're clear, where did Terry Fox start his journey? Vancouver, Thunder Bay, St. John's, Toronto. Uh, text it in. You can help me, most importantly, or help Kelsey uh, win this very important game. All right, it's time to get started. The stakes are high. We're all warmed up and limbered. Burpees are done to get stretched and ready to run. A text message did arrive that says, Please remind Kelsey what happened when she was nice to Shane last week. LOL. Bob? Never again. Never again. And with that in mind, Kelsey... You get to go first. You're going to set the tone here. You you know, the gun has gone off. The race has started. Where are you going? That never feels like an honor, uh, getting to go first, because I threw the game last week. Um, can I just check in my you pulse did. here? You really did. I went for a run, boys, in preparation for this. Wanted to get the heart rate up, ready to go. Sweet. Uh, you already went for a run. Yeah. That's Got good. that CO2 I, going. I, I, I wanted to feel... You know, feel it in my body in case there was mm. any questions, you know, about heart rate mm-hmm. pulse. I have none of the answers. But Did uh, you run uh, up all the stairs to get your glass of wine or did you walk half the <laughs> stairs? Okay, I wasn't sure if you could see the wine behind me, but it turns <laughs> out you spotted it. No, I couldn't see it, actually. I was just guessing. <laughs> oh, but... <man. laughs> but now that you've start. admitted it. <laughs> uh, and the rule is, my trainer told me this, you always take two stairs up uh, at, at all times and hit every stair on the way down the best way to use your stairs for a really? workout uh, uh, whether you're going for wine or though. otherwise <laughs> okay let's do this let's get okay. serious All never right. going easy on shane hewitt again i'm going to start with a running bob three foot rubs coming right up Oof. right out of the gate okay <laughs> this is my favorite rubs. question how many feet this do you is have? my app Three foot rubs to get started, okay? But this is my favorite question. I'm so happy with this one, and I'm really, I have no idea if you're going to get it. Which one of these running related injuries is real? I swear to you that one of these injuries that I have picked is a real thing, and it's your job to find it, okay? Smiling, sweating, 
dead butt syndrome, angry dehydration, or golden cramps? Which one of those is real? This is like a diagnosable injury. Yes. Yes. It is diagnosable. It has treatment and implications, and it's usually caused by running. Okay. Uh, Well, I do smile a lot while I run. Really? But it... Why would you do oh, that? Oh yeah. Uh, it's like a, it's like a force field, you know. Just helps it keep going. Uh, okay, I think the only one that sounds legitimate. I love running. It... I love running. It's great. Yeah, it feels awesome. <laughs> Feel it in your teeth. I miss my wine. <laughs> you, that's the carrot. You earn the wine. Okay, I think uh, I got to go with golden cramps. Ooh, that's what golden I was cramps for three, is. Incorrect. That is not real. Uh oh. Now, Shane, you have five seconds to steal this answer if you yeah. know it. Okay. Uh-huh. If I know it. Well, I was actually going to go with golden cramps, and I was going to go with golden cramps because um, I was going to say, because people sometimes pee themselves when they're running. Um, and I don't mean yeah. that well, in a funny way. They do. So five I thought, seconds has to be up here. Yeah, five well, seconds. Was, yeah. Well, I was hitting the. I was just. I was just simply doing my thing here. Okay. Anyway, well, uh, my guess is dead butt syndrome because you use your butt lots when you're running. In the sixty seventh second of your five. Well, I was yeah. explaining the other one. I. I, I know, mm. but I literally lost. I lost hey, my points uh, because I was yeah. too the last time I had a chance to steal. Well, I didn't hear the timer I, expire. I would like the judge. I don't know, Shade. That took a long time, man. <laughs> I think right. you were stalling. I'm sorry. The yeah. rules of the rules. I wasn't five stalling. seconds, and that was long. I didn't hear it. Did anybody? A shift head. Did you hear a timer go off? I did Let not hear a timer Let me smile through my off. teeth at you. These points are not yours, bro. All right. Yeah, All right. I'm uh, sorry, well, Shane. The, the people clap. The be disqualified. <laughs> yeah. oh, he has the button, so Throw you can artificially Throw me a freaking bone here. <laughs> uh, dead butt syndrome is the correct answer. That is a real Which thing. I got right. Mm-hmm. Gluteal amnesia. Thank you. Gluteal amnesia is what happens when your butt forgets, forgets. to work. Yes, your yes, literally, your glutes will forget to propel you like forward. It is a real thing that runners can happen when uh, when they're doing it too much. Mm-hmm. It's not a all right. I'm going to look forward to uh, getting another one right here and um, and hold not on, getting any God, points for it. Where, hold on. Where did, we, where did we settle on this? Did we agree? No points? No points. This, this slate right. is clean. Okay. No I points. I feel good about that. I feel we good remain about tied. That. We remain that's tied. That's what you have to do here. Okay. That's fine. Maybe you guys Play can get David, Absolutely. Get, I'm here get for David the Johnson to do an investigation in the shift here. I'm sure it'll work out for you too that way. Seems to work politically. I'm um, not going down that road. <laughs> <laughs> not touching that. Uh, okay, so I'm going to go for runners for uh, three foot rubs for my two feet. So one yep. f- one foot gets an extra rub. Oh, yeah, I didn't think about that. I don't know um, three you feet. Or you could but... split it between the halves. That's fine. You could okay. maybe just do like a, a toes one. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, <laughs> another great one. question here. Bill Rogers is a runner who won the New York City and the Boston Marathon four times between 1975 and 1980. What was his secret? Well, he told news outlets that it was a meal. He had a, sec- a secret special meal that he would have before and after every single race. Shane, what was that special meal? Mm. A six-layer pastrami sandwich, a Big Mac, a pizza with mayo, 
or a Greek salad. I'm just going to declare to everybody that I'm actually going to work my way through this before anybody claims that there's no timer. Uh, so there nobody jumps no to any conclusions. You can take all the um, time you want. Just play a six-layer pastrami sandwich. Oh, that's convenient. Um, a six-layer pastrami sandwich uh, feels heavy to me. I feel that's not good. I think that you might end up with, like, dead butt after that. Um, yeah. I think a Big Mac <laughs> is just too bready. I don't know what a Greek salad is, but I'm assuming it's a salad and doesn't have a lot of jam to it. Um just in general. And the reason why I'm going to go with my answer is because I've been watching the NHL playoffs and with the Columbus and Florida going into all these overtimes, they were talking about how they eat pizza Carolina. between Carolina um, and Florida, how they eat pizza between the overtime periods to have mm-hmm. some energy. Um, so because there's no Red Bull on the list, I'm going with Mayo Pizza, thanks to Matthew Kachuk and his advice. Uh, good thought process. And good result. That is correct. Yes, you would eat a mayo pizza. Run. Uh, did you guys want to take away my points again? No, no, or, no, no. Are no. You, good? you got those. Oh, okay. Yeah, it hey, sounds to me like you phoned you, a friend. Yeah, who, I don't know, this Kachuk guy. It, I didn't realize we could just have friends on <laughs> yeah, the line that? giving us the answers. <laughs> I, I, that, yeah, anyway, yeah, he eats mayo pizza. And his friend Greg Meyer once called him the only man who has ever run 150 miles a week and still had high cholesterol. Yeah, well, let's just talk about mayo. Uh, I, a friend of mine used to eat it with a spoon, and that's gross. Oh, that's not and okay. mayo pizza, also gross. I, yeah, disgusting. Don't do that. Uh, Kelsey, your go. We uh, Shane is up 3-0. My feet are so sore. I have mm-hmm. no mm-hmm. foot rubs to Six my name. Nothing. So I'm, uh, no, it, ugh, okay, focus on the game. Okay, marathons, <laughs> please, Bob. Three foot rubs. Mm-hmm. Let's For go. three, okay. Bear with me here. The marathon originates from ancient Greece, okay? It is a celebration of the legendary Greek soldier It's spelled P-H-I-E-I-D-I-P-P-I-D-E-S. Yes. I know him well. We're going to call him Phil. The Greek soldier Phil. Now, what was his achievement <laughs> that created this tradition of marathons? Okay. What did Phil do in order to achieve this? He ran 25 miles to deliver an important message. He ran across a battlefield to kill a Persian general. He was an Olympian and just a very, very good one. Or he defeated a king in a foot race. Oh. Okay. King, no. This is like mm-hmm. the birthplace of the Olympics. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Well, Phil is a very Greek name. It is. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. It is. I know a lot of Greek Phils. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Olympics, mail delivery, killing people. Wow. This is so hard. I. Toughest I, one of I the think night for sure. I feel like you would have worded it differently if it was Olympian. So I'm actually going to, you would have said that differently. I'm thinking about how they would have delivered mail in that time. Urgent messengers. I'm going, I'm going distance of mail delivery. That is correct. Yes. Run. Phil, Phil ran 25 miles from the Battle of Marathon to Athens 
to announce that the Greeks had won. And at the minute he got to the foot of the general, he died. <sighs> Slacker. Yeah, he died from exhaustion. Uh, so that's why we have marathons. So every time butt? you run, uh, he might have died from dead butts. Shame. This is no laughing know. matter. This man worked himself to death. We don't see work yeah. ethic like this anymore. <laughs> no, no, we don't. Especially not here. It was a long time ago. Everyone's moved on. We're no. good. Okay, so it's my turn now. I had luck with runners mm-hmm. category, the three categories, marathons, runners, and running. So I'm going to go with runners again for dose foot rubs, one for each foot. Dose? Well, let's uh, let's get Sonic the Hedgehog out because it's time to go fast. You just found the text line special. That show again is so good. Okay. Anyway, uh, this is the uh, question for the listeners and the listeners alone. Okay. So Shane, even if you know it, you can't tell me. The question was this: Where did Terry Fox start the marathon of hope? Mm-hmm. The options were Vancouver, Thunder Bay, St. John's, or Tirana. Come on, shift it. Now, it was split. the The vote was split between two cities, St. John's and Vancouver. Now. I, when I was putting this together, actually thought for a second it was Vancouver. Because when I think of Terry Fox, I think of him running through like really heavy, like treed areas. But Vancouver is not the correct answer. But luckily for you, Shane, the most texted in one from Don and Pembroke and uh, many others. Many. Diane, I see you. Is St. John's. And you. that is correct. Yes. He started in St. John's. Run. Done. Now, is it St. John's with go. an apostrophe? Did everyone text in their apostrophe right or not? Or do you want to take those points away from me, too? No, that's actually not the reason I want to take the points away, um, apostrophe or not. You, I don't think you get it because I'd like the judges panel to take a peek at the text line because he started this by saying that the votes were split. I'd like to know how close it was. Oh, and I we don't think have... it's probably too close to count at this time of the night. So let's just call it an even zero for you. Uh, uh, okay there, executive producer. Uh, we are going to need a bigger budget for the technology on the show to count those things. Because right now it's a big yeah. old list that goes blah, 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 blah. Blah. Uh, Kelsey, and if we delay any further, we're going to run out of time for you to try to tie this. So you Uh-oh. might just want to hop on the thing and tie the you game. You know what? I, I would like to. I'm going to hop on the, my massage table because I'm getting some foot rubs mm-hmm. up in here. Uh, okay. I'm I'm going back to... Oh, running, please, for two foot rubs. Running for two foot rubs. Here is your question. I like this question. What company produced a pair of running shoes that were so good they had to be banned from international competition by the World Athletics Association? Mm. New Balance? I think it's Hoka, Hoka. I'm not sure. H-O-K-A. You know, the ones with the bubbles. Nike or Adidas? (laughs) I'm I'm literally just going to go with my absolute bias, and I can tell you, um, my running improved and got a lot better looking with every Nike that I've bought. I'm a Nike girl. Going Nike. Nike is the running shoe king, and that is the correct answer. Yes, the Nike Vaporfly. Uh, run. When you run by yeah. somebody, does it sound like swoosh? It will kind of, especially Awid Kapoji. He is a a runner who uh, broke all the records. And yeah, after he did that, they were banned. They were too good. Too good. 
All right. Well, there you go. So Kelsey gets that. So um, Kelsey went first. So I think I get a chance to uh, actually get you, uh, to, three guesses it's here. It's a tie. Quickly. Yeah. Three it's guesses. Are, you get. So it's a tie. So either way, um, I've got to go for an easy question. Uh, that makes sense. Um, I'm going to go with uh, marathons for one foot rub. Marathons for one foot rub, Shane. Here's mm-hmm. your question. What uh-huh. is the oldest marathon in Canada? Mm-hmm. Vancouver, Calgary, Ottawa, or Montreal? The oldest marathon uh, in uh, Canada is in my hometown of Calgary. Sorry, Kelsey. That's correct. Yes. Run. 1963 was the first one held annually since 1971. It's the longest running. No pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh my. Two weeks in a row. I don't like it. Even though the shift heads have texted in and said, ouch, Shane's getting ganged up on. Wow. We have a winner, and it is not Kelsey Campbell. And it is not fair and square. So it's not fair and square, and you took away my points? Yeah, I've, I'm, I'll let you finish your spiel. You go, you go. It's All your right. time. All right. It's my time. It's oh, time. look, we're out of time, and Kelsey's <laughs> mic is now muted. <laughs> Hey, thanks for listening to The Shift and uh, Game Showy here on the program. Kelsey Campbell, thanks for being here, uh, even though you're a three-point thief. You're getting a taste of what my teachers had to put up with uh, all through school. Like, really, a B? Are you sure? Are you sure? (laughs) (laughs) We're we're the judges on this one. Recount. I want a recount. Uh, A little concerned who's giving me these foot rubs. Just saying. Probably an HR infraction, but we'll figure that out later. Thanks for being here. Not me. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody tell Jono that he has to do it when he comes back from vacation. <laughs> Welcome back. You're going to be busy, Jono. <laughs> this is the Shift Podcast. Are you? Are you? Are you? Okay. 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 Are you okay with? That phone number is there for you to share your thoughts on these stories as well. I'm Shane Hewitt. I am in uh, Calgary on the north side, Ryan O'Donnell's Calgary downtown, and Talia Miller is sitting in for John O'Chung in downtown Vancouver. Are you okay with... Ryan's shirt. I love Ryan's shirt. Do you have a picture Thank of the you. shirt that we can share? Uh, not. No, I don't. I can yes. take one. Yeah, but just do that. Just do it. Yeah. I'm not going to do it now because it's yeah. it's it's one thirty in the morning. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. Are you okay with beach parties? Yes. Beach party. I've never done one really. I. I I don't like the beach, <laughs> frankly. Oh boy! Yeah, I know. I, I, I don't like sand. It's, it's coarse and it's irritating and it gets everywhere. You need to go to a nicer and, beach. Uh, and uh, I, I, I burn as soon as I step out in the sun. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I don't, I don't really love the swimming in the ocean. However, I've never been to the ocean i've only ever been to lakes so, so based on your 
reasons, I'm going to say you don't know what a beach party is. <laughs> exactly. Right. I just haven't really had the chance. I'm not going to go to Daytona Beach. You know, I'd rather like, you know, 30 people hanging out in Hawaii. Yeah. That sounds fun on a beach, but like a 250 people partying and getting wasted with a DJ, like at the end of 22 jump street, never, oh, never dude. in a million years. No, you're thinking like, you're thinking spring break, like Hollywood. Yeah, I am. No, yeah, that's not, yeah, that's yeah. not what this is. Um, like you, like a beach party to me is, uh, a bunch of friends and a campfire nighttime. So the sunburns are very minimal at nighttime. Yeah, that's good. Um, you need to go to a nicer beach with nicer sand. And, mm -hmm. uh, and, and you don't go swimming because you're there to have drinks and, you know, visit with your friends, buddy on a guitar, mm -hmm. right? Like that's the kind of thing. Um, and like that, that's really what it is. When it comes to this, this Hollywood beach party scenario, like Miami beach kind of thing. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if that's the thing. Let's see where this story takes us anyway. Um, that's the, what a beach party is to me. One beach party in Texas got so rowdy over the weekend. Daytona beach bad, says Ryan. Uh, police say hundreds were arrested, dozens injured at a beach party to celebrate Jeeps. Jeep weekend happens every year, and it's an unofficial event that people know about based on word of mouth. And each year, it tends to get out of hand. We are having a good time. We're at Crystal Beach. A good time partying at Galveston's Jeep weekend leads to people behind bars and in the hospital. It's just been so crazy. You have four wheelers, you have the ATV. Tens of thousands of people packed Crystal Beach and the Boulevard Peninsula. The area is open to the public and vehicles are allowed. As of Sunday morning, the Galveston County Sheriff's Office says 233 arrests were made and more than 200 charges were filed. At this time, it's unclear what those charges are, but more than 50 people were rushed to the hospital. One woman is in critical condition after deputies say she fell out of a vehicle and hit her head. Wow. Okay. That's a, yeah. yeah, but I see to me again, that still takes me back to the, the beach campfire, just a bunch of Jeeps around party, you know? Yeah. It's just, I feel like you, you bring booze, Jeeps and a beach together and somebody's wound up to get alcohol poisoning injured or a Jeep is bound to wound up in the ocean. Are you okay? Like, I feel like, yeah, I I'm, feel I'm, like. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. I feel like like I feel like you're kind of sounding like a stick in the mud a little bit, buddy. Like stick in the sand. Stick in the sand. Very good. Well done. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. No, it's just I sometimes look, hey, I'm having a get off my lawn moment and I, you know, I'm living yeah, into it. You um, are. Like you don't wear your cardigan to the beach party there, old man. I don't have any. Oh no, I do have one cardigan. Yeah. No, I wouldn't fit in well at Jeep at Jeep weekend. Uh, you know, I would do well. Actually, you know what? There is one beach I love. Sobble Beach in Ontario. I think that's on Lake Huron. I think that might or Superior. Anyway, I, it is perfect. The water is, is a perfect temperature. The beach is clean. There's a million seagulls, but that's, that's fine. You know, I would party at Sobble Beach. No hesitation. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's Lake Huron. Uh, just to be uh, thanks to Dr. Google. Um, so, okay. Uh, you wouldn't fit in at a beach thing because you don't drive a Jeep thing because you ride a scooter. So that's really the first reason why you wouldn't fit well, in much. I want to make an ATV scooter now. Yeah. Okay. That'd be fun. 
All right, we're going to move on. Uh, that was from Click2 sure. Houston, by the way. Number of arrests and injuries increased compared to previous years. In 2022, records for Galveston County showed 80 arrests were made during Jeep Weekend. In 2021, 200 arrests and one death were reported. Two people were shot in 2020, and more than 100 arrests were made. In 2019, one person died. I don't know. At Jeep Week? Man, if I died at Jeep Week, worst way to go. That's yeah, just but if you died at Scooter Week, you'd be happy. You'd be like, I died at Scooter Week. Woo! It's true. See? It's true. I'm excited. Yeah. Are you okay with ice cream? Of, of course, of course, absolutely. I mean, it's 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 a, it's the best treat, and you know, I I was always Team Vanilla, and I always will be. However, I think I have found consistently the best like flavored ice cream and it's ben and jerry's uh chunk um chunky monkey or not chunky monkey sorry uh, ben and jerry's half baked mm. it's unbelievable also I, look i understand the the <laughs> connotation of half baked but it's like cookie dough and brownie chunks in chocolate yep. and vanilla ice cream are it's you kidding good. me that's yep. just incredible yeah, it's very good. Um, I, I'll take anything with chocolate. Thank you. And if I can't mm-hmm. have uh, anything with chocolate, I will take anything with vanilla in it as well. So not very uh, picky. Like, who doesn't love a good scoop of ice cream? That's for sure. Well, people who uh, are lactose intolerant. But other than that, you can get lactose-free ice cream anyway, and so that's okay. But other than that, yeah. we all love a good scoop of ice cream. Can you, Like, waffle cone? Seriously? Like a chocolate yeah. fudge, chocolate chunk? With the waffle cone, couple of scoops. Oh boy! And if you get like the waffle cone where they put the little fudge in the bottom, oh, like seriously, that's dude. a little heavenly surprise, yes. isn't it? Yes. Right. Okay. What is your what? What's your favorite flavor of ice cream? Then what is the best one? All brands, all kinds. Eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight. Okay. Um, ice cream is actually getting very expensive. Very expensive, in fact, crazy expensive, you might say. Say hello to the most expensive. No wonder I can't say it. Spelled wrong. Hey, oh. uh, hmm? It's because I was thinking about ice cream when I was typing it, and it's just a typo is warranted in that scenario. Sticky you know? fingers? That's a typo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is it really? Uh, well, say hello to the most expensive scoop in the world. Ice cream company Salados. Is it Chilados? Must be. I don't know. It's got to be gelatos. Bayacuya? Gelato. Bayacuya flavor. It's killing it here, Mm -hmm. Shane. Well done. Costs a whopping $6,696 for 4.3 ounces. Not 0.2. The ice cream, which can be purchased (laughs) online, is made from rare ingredients, including truffles grown in Alba, Italy, which go for about $15,000 a kilogram. Ice cream also has... Parma, Parmigiano, Reggiano, thank you, and sake lees, which is a fruity p- paste left over from sake production. <laughs> Little heads up on the words would have been all right here, right? <laughs> what? Parmigiano, we literally talked to the guy that works at the Parmigiano Reggiano factory on the show yeah. like three, yeah. six months ago. Yeah, six months ago. And then you throw it in with Shalados Bayacuya and some typos, and it's easy. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> Ice cream was created for Chilato by Chef Todiyoshi Yam- Yamada. Yeah, no, you had it. Oh, you had you're it. killing me. You had uh, who it. Who is Tadiyoshi the head Yamada. chef? 
at a popular fusion. (laughs) My brain is short-circuiting cuisine restaurant in Osaka, Japan. When purchased on the Chilada website, the ice cream comes with a handcrafted metal spoon made with the same materials used to build temples and shrines. Uh, Chilato advises people to enjoy the ice cream by pouring white truffle oil over it and mixing it until it's soft. There's no expiration date, but we recommend eating it as soon as possible, about 10 days after purchase, in order to preserve the flavor and the texture. Wait a second. If you're ordering it online, wouldn't you want to eat it before it melts and that's it? I don't know how you get that delivered. Like I just... It, it doesn't seem... Well, at $6,600, I think it comes with a free pack of dry ice. God, I would hope so. If my chef's plate meal comes with dry ice in it to keep everything cold, I'd hope this ice cream does. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Same same budget. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> okay, I kind of breathe that out because I feel like my brain is smoking. Are you okay with... Ninjas. Ninjas? Yeah, yeah. Ghost of Tsushima. It's an excellent video game where you get to play as a samurai slash ninja. Love it. The uh, oh. Or oh, 47 Ronin, uh, 13 Assassins, great Japanese films. Uh, you should you know, watch if you're interested in nin- anything like ninjas that. Ninjas is yeah. not only on video games, eh? I know. That's why I said 13 Assassins, which is a movie. Oh, let's see. Also yeah. not real, but okay. The history of them is, and the Shaolin and, and the, uh, the, the whole order and the Mm-hmm. The uh, judo that they were taught is is fascinating. And the, it is fascinating. The, they're like the original. In fact, I have a cool fact. There's a castle, Himje Castle in Japan. The floorboards were built with these specially bent uh, pieces of metal underneath that would create a whistling sound that would sound like a bird. So that if there was a ninja trying to get into the castle and they stepped on it, it would make a sound and it would alert the guards that somebody was there. Ah. I, I mean, hey, I have friends who are quiet around the house. That's really it. Um, okay. Ninjas have a ast array. Okay. That's a typo. Ninjas have a vast array of weapons at their disposal, including the famous Ninja Star. Now, you should never play with them. They are crazy dangerous. Oh, man. As proven by one of the most uh, famous episodes of South Park, where the boys decide to buy weapons. And poor Butters gets a ninja star in the eye. Professor Chaos cannot be stabbed. Oh, yeah? Kitty, use your ninja star. Okay, um, now with that in mind, <laughs> God help us, one U.S. one us state, one U.S. state wants us people to buy them, but it's not Florida. Starting this summer, Indiana will lift its ban on throwing stars. At Flying Squirrel Axe Throwing in Speedway, Hoosiers hit these targets with both axes and knives. And soon they'll be able to use throwing stars. We get people every single day coming in and asking us about it. In fact, owner Ryan Gustin is planning to start a throwing star league after Indiana lifts its ban this summer. It's an activity offered at axe throwing businesses in other states like this facility in Virginia. 
Gustin points out stars are different since they don't have handles. To help protect his customers, he plans to dull the edges of the star's blades. We'll train you how to do it. We'll teach you how to do this safely. When the legislation was first proposed this session to allow throwing stars, it limited them only to recreational environments like this one. But the bill was brought in before it was signed into law to allow them in any environment, as long as they're not being used illegally. Uh, okay. Uh, that was from Fox 59. Throwing stars are currently banned in Canada. So just push them. Very good. Thanks for listening to the Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca.